Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Well, welcome, everybody. I am excited to continue this journey with you on the podcast, and we have a special double guest episode this week featuring our very own Mike Van Drie and Julie Leeson. Thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. Excited yeah. for this conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I thought we'd just start by maybe talking a little bit about what's going on in our ministries this year. What are the ways we're seeing God moving? What are maybe some new places that you see student ministries and children's ministries moving uh, in 2020 and beyond? Uh, who wants to start? Um. Guess me. Okay, I'll, I'll go, go first. Ahead. Everyone's looking at me. You can't yeah, see that, but I think so. everyone's looking at me. Um, students has started already, um, and it's been really cool just to see how God has worked in the couple weeks um, that we've been hanging out. Um, students have um, gravitated towards w- w- worship really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been awesome to see them engage in worship, especially with um, 7th through 12th grade um, worshiping together. It's really cool to see them. Yeah, that's different this year, right? Yeah, it's different, and you're doing a great job leading it, and they're Thanks, engaging man. it well. Um, it's just really cool to see them not like um, separate groups, but actually starting to come together. It's, yeah. And it's going to take time for it to be more, but they're already doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, with, with, with our leaders, it's really cool. They're really owning it this year. I, I really put a mm-hmm. challenge on them to own it, and they are stepping up, and they are um, being really, really the youth pastors for their hmm. small group, um, which is so cool to see. Um, That's a cool way to like we, we've talked about like f- uh, sort of flattening leadership and like taking it off of like one person, like taking it off of Mike Vandry as the student ministries director is in charge of discipling every single kid, but saying like, hey, we want to empower our small group leaders to really share in that responsibility, right? Yeah, because because cool. uh, throughout Providence we have about 140 students, and 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 I personally can't go deep with every student, but every every adult leader has about 10 students, and so mm-hmm. it's just been really cool to see them owning that and them yeah. making those connections on Sunday and and um, sending out postcards and doing stuff like that. So that's, that's cool. been really awesome to see. That's cool, and it's been cool. I think even for worship, like you mentioned, there's the middle schoolers and the high schoolers are worshiping together, and what I've said to to that group because. I've worshiped with both of those groups separately before is that I just think there's so much that each group can learn from one another and how they worship because middle schoolers worship in a very different way (laughs) than high schoolers. Um, But I think there's a beauty in in each, in each age group and and just how they engage with the Holy spirit in that time. And so like being able to just observe how like as a middle schooler, how somebody older is worshiping is a really formative thing, I think. And also vice versa. I think we can learn a lot from people younger than ourselves. I think that's Mm. what's written in scripture a lot. like, Hey, like, the faith of a child, like there's something beautiful about that that mm-hmm. we can learn from. So I think that's kind of a cool kind of example of that in, in worship, even with just students, right? Yeah, so, it's been awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Julie? I know Children's Ministry hasn't officially started yet, <laughs> um, but it's exciting because I think when is uh, when is that starting up? Sunday, October 18, we start nursery through pre um, preschool and through second grade awesome. during church. I'm so excited to have kids yeah. coming back and, and leaders. And, and then Wednesday nights, we're planning for Girls Life and Boys Adventure, for which is third through fifth, mm-hmm. um, Wednesday nights starting that same week. It's interesting because during this time, children's ministry in our classical way has been stripped away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been focusing and 
I've been focusing a lot on trying to figure out how to empower families, yeah. um, which, you know, we've brought up table time and just a different mindset of ministry, right. um, less on just what we're doing here at church and much more broad. Well, that's interesting. It's the, almost the same idea as empowering a small group leader to disciple a small group. You're, you want to empower each individual family to be discipling their own families, right? Because it's exactly. I think that's part of your heart in just talking to you about some of this is that um, you don't want to be like, it's not up to the church as a whole to make sure kids are walking with Jesus. I mean, we have a role in that, but mm-hmm. ultimately there's a huge role that the family plays in that that you want to continue to encourage, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're the biggest influence in a kid's life. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's always been a a goal of mine to work more closely with parents. And this year has really forced that. (laughs) By necessity. (laughs) Hello. It's it's what we have right now. So, um, but I think it's going to be really cool as we come back together, Hmm. as we start to change the narrative a little bit, start to have more spiritual conversations with kids, empower leaders, like Mike said, to really Mm -hmm. own their groups, but also work more, hopefully more closely with parents too, to be all on the same page. I think it's really cool to, to hear that, you know, through, as crazy as a year this has been, things have felt like they've been stripped away and we've lost something. But through that process, you've found sort of an angle where, hey, this is an opportunity to mm-hmm. really live into something that we haven't before. So it's been almost like a blessing in disguise in that way for you. Absolutely. It's yeah. not something I would have chosen. <laughs> for, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I really see God working through yeah. this in cool ways. And hopefully in, in this process, we'll be able to look back and see, man, that was a really cool thing that happened that we were able to really focus in on discipling our families um, that we maybe wouldn't have been able to do otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And the way I see it is kind of like it's gold. Like there's a gold in the middle and we've added stuff to it and yet the season has stripped it away and in students and in kids we're mm-hmm. kind of forced to see what is the essential yeah. thing that we are to do and, and that's just been so cool to see. Again, we wouldn't have wished COVID on anyone or anything and yet you know, God has used it and is using it. And so totally, it's really cool to see that. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies for our individual ministries like you guys have shared. And I think it also applies to just the church at large as we're moving forward. Um, I know you guys can speak into this as well, but I'll, we've talked about this before that the staff and really I think the whole leadership of Providence has gone been going through a journey of really trying to discern what is the vision of this church, what is it that we're passionate about and what are the action steps that are going to actually um, empower us to live out our mission of making more and better disciples. And that's been probably for this entire year kind of a process that we've been in. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been sort of really honing in on um, as Toby's been leading us as our interim pastor in that same vision. Um, What does it look like to actually make more and better disciples? And um, I think one of the the biggest challenges maybe in that, um, and one of the things that we do poorly often in this culture that we're in, is just making a spiritual conversation feel normal. Like for some reason, it's like we have to kind of enter this weird space to start talking about yep. God and how God's moving. <laughs> um, and there are certain contexts and environments where it is more normal, like maybe when you're in church or maybe when you're with your small group. And that be, that's like a very, we're just used to doing it in yep. those places. But maybe we're not as used to doing it like with our families around the dinner table, which is what table mm-hmm. time is all about, is trying to focus in and facilitate making that just a normal part of our lives. Um, so what we wanted to do is maybe with the three of us is just like ask some questions to one another and just talk about how God's moving. Um, we've been talking about this three words uh, up in and out. Um, 
maybe one of you could explain what up in and out means. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> These are like Toby. This is yeah. Toby's mandate that yeah. we're, we're still kind of learning. Yeah. Well, and I want to go back to the like spiritual conversations. Sure. Like, like, like I talk with students spiritual conversations all the time. Sure. And yet with Cam, I've always struggled with making it normal. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. I can talk about you know um, changes um, as he's growing up, as he's becoming a teen. Like I can talk about body changes, no problem. But, <laughs> but it's the spiritual conversations that have been hard. Like mm-hmm. it's been hard to know, and it's like it feels awkward. It feels like I'm trying to be a pastor to him instead of his dad. And um, I wonder if that's unique, even being employed by a church. If there's a kind of an interesting dynamic there, as trying to be a father in yeah. that, in a, in the same way, right? Yeah, and and it seems normal in every way except for the faith thing. And so, so so this up in and out has definitely made it just natural language yeah. that we can use as a family, and it's not an awkward like I'm trying to mm-hmm. make a Jesus moment, but it's really just checking in, and having conversation. So, so I'll I'll kind of explain because I put you guys on the spot. So <laughs> up in and out. Um, are just sort of like different sort of categories of ways that we think about our relationship with God. And a lot of the questions that we want to be asking one another in our just normal day-to-day lives um, could probably fall into an up in and out. And we want to make sure that we're we're talking about the whole nature of our relationship with God because it's, it's all three of those things. So up is kind of as it relates to um, our personal relationship with God, our personal prayer time, our personal space that we make um, for... Um, yeah, praying with God and, and talking with God in is focusing on how are we, how are we relating to the, our close relationships? Um, probably like our families, our, our cams, um, our Kaya's and our Max's, our Mark's. Um, and then out is our vision for our mission. And so that's thinking about, um, going out and, and entering the world. And these do in some ways correlate with those, um, those three ideas on our wall of engaging, uh, the church, well, the first one is encountering God, engaging the church, and entering the world. You can kind of think about those as sort of up in and out at the yep. same time. Um, so what I thought we would do is we'll just kind of like talk about some of these up in and out questions, and we'll just kind of hear how God's been moving in our lives. Um, and hopefully that can encourage all of you um, to do to, to do this with your families, to do this with your friends, um, because it's not as, as complicated as we, we make it out yeah, to be. It's really simple. It's, it's kind of this yeah. rhythm. Thinking last night because we talked about the, um, up with uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. It's just rhythm, and 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 our and our God's a God of rhythm. Like we have days that have rhythms to them. We have seasons. We have years, and mm-hmm. so this really is, is is just a rhythm to live so that we can be better disciples. So yeah, sorry totally. for sorry for preaching there. <laughs> that was a nice that was a nice sermon. Nice job, S- sermonette. It was, was short. Good. Nice and short. I have to get good at those doing leading worship with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So I'll start with Julie. Um. What are some things in your life? So this is an up question. What are some things in your life that you've been doing to make space for prayer time and your time with God? And what has God been teaching you in those spaces that you've been making? Definitely. So I think prayer has always been a huge part of my life and a, and a rhythm, but I've been challenged recently to be making sure that I'm also reading the Bible, hmm. uh, being in the word and realizing that even through prayer, I can kind of twist God into what I want sometimes. <laughs> and in this season, it's been just like really hard to, to feel grounded. Um, and so I have been trying to be more, um, consistent with every day, opening my Bible mm-hmm. and, and reading, what Jesus has to say. And sometimes it even surprises me. Like I read passages I've read before and I'm like, oh, that's what Jesus said right there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So God's been speaking to me through different ways. Um, 
in doing that and through trying table time with my family. So Mm -hmm. we are not perfect. We're not doing (laughs) it perfectly. Um, But when we can and when we are at the table and we open the Bible together as a family, it is really interesting to see Mm. what comes out, to see how we interpret scripture um, and to even get that rhythm with my kids. Um, Like you said, it can be awkward to Mm. force you know, religious conversations on your children. (laughs) Um, Even in the middle of table time this week, my son asked a really important question of why do we have eyebrows? (laughs) That's an important question. It's so important. And and you mentioned that and I was like, I actually thought about that for a little bit. (laughs) We're not going to get into that, but it's an interesting question. (laughs) It is, but you know, kids are all over the place. And so you kind of have to roll with it and it doesn't have to be serious and somber and like, we're going to have a moment here. Mm-hmm. It's just needs to become part of our daily lives to be able to yeah. say like, what is God doing? Where do you see God? And the more we talk about it, the more I'm open and like looking for God yeah. moments and open to hearing, you know, God challenging me a little bit, like mm, your, your heart is a little bit hardened towards those people that mm-hmm. you're disagreeing with. And mm-hmm. You know, just trying to soften so I can hear people and see people as God sees them mm-hmm. um, in a time where it's pretty contentious. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to do that sometimes and and pray for the people <laughs> who are frustrating me or, um, yeah, be. That's a great example <laughs> yeah. of something that, like, we're, we know we're supposed to love our enemies. And in theory, that's something that we all feel like we can do until it really comes down to it sometimes mm-hmm. it's not as easy as we think <laughs> no and that, i think what david and i talked about last week a little bit was how a heart of humility is like the first step in being able to do that because if right yeah and being able to be in that space and then also having conversations with your kids about what you're doing and what god's doing <laughs> in your heart like it's, a, it's like a really cool opportunity for us um you know yeah. little kids don't always understand but I have a, my daughter's 13 and I can share with her some deeper things that I'm thinking and God's doing in my heart. And it's cool to be able to have moments like that. That's awesome. So cool. Okay. Here's a question for you, Mike. Yeah. Um, how's your relationship with Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a loaded question. And, uh, yeah. And then how are you spending time with him? Yeah. First I'll start with how our relationship with Jesus, um, God's just been, in these times spending with um, Jesus. So um, I was really convicted, like spending morning time with Jesus is so important. So I, I will wake up at six ish, um, not exactly at six, but six ish. And um, just spend that quiet time before anything gets going. Um, and, and really God's just been revealing a lot of junk in my heart. Hmm. Um, and what's so interesting is that it um, it's, it's junk that I thought I dealt with, but it seems just to be, more and more layers, which is so cool that God's doing that. Because again, we talk about refinement. Um, God's just been pointing out things that I thought I had fixed, and you know, were good, and God had worked on, and all of that. And yet, um, it, it really is God saying, "No, there's still more there. There's still more there." And kind of mm-hmm. like Julie, it's these passages that are just revealing things to me. It's God speaking to me during that, or <laughs> sorry. Um, God speaking to me through those times and those moments, just revealing it. And it's not like a harsh time, but it's, hey, you know, there's this here yeah. still in your heart, and, and I really want you to live the fullness of life. And, mm-hmm. and um, 
yeah, so good because God's God's doing stuff in me. Um, it also at times you're like, man, I have so far to go um, yeah. to grow and to do that. Um, that's that's where you have to be. I think at all times your relationship with God is realizing that it's a constant process of being sanctified. Like we're never going to reach the point where like, hey, we're good now. Yep. You know, yep. We figured it Check. out. <laughs> I don't want to sin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that never, we never get to that point. Yeah, so. but yeah, and you know, like yeah, and praying for my enemies or praying for those I disagree with. But it's like I find like I want to pray, Lord, change them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but that's God, such a thing. Yeah, but God's like no, 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 like. Pray blessings for them and, and mm-hmm. pray that that you're able to learn from them. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, I don't want to learn from them at times. <laughs> like, I'm good where I'm at, and yet um, He's gracious enough to like yeah. really reveal that in me. And so that's really cool. So that's the first part. I forgot what the second part was. Uh, just like, how are you spending time with them? Like, what does that look like? For yeah, you? yeah. So again, it starts in the morning. Um, I wake up. I'll usually pray, um, and I'll take some deep breaths because I'm tired and barely awake. Grab. First, I grab coffee. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's number one priority. Coffee's very important. Um, so do that, and then I'll just uh, I'll read through the passage. I've, I've joined, um, started reading with the cards. That's been very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. It's a small chunk um, that I can just read slowly and think about and process. Um, and then I'll pray for Natalie and Cam, pray for neighbors, um, pray for leaders, pray for students. Um, I've listed that. And it's just that, to me, starts my day focus on Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I find that when I start there, mm-hmm. the rest of the day, it's easier to keep my focus on Jesus. There's things that pull it away and I can't, but that to me, I have to, I have to start that way. I've tried it different ways. And so mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of my rhythm. Um, and then at night we try table time. Again, I feel like yeah. Julie, like we're not perfect at it. In fact, in fact, the other night Cam wanted to do it, but you know, Nailing, I'm like, we're, no, we're too busy. And like, our, our old son was wanting to do table time. And we're That's like, awesome. ah, nope, 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 we're too busy. <laughs> it was later on, I felt like a really bad parent in that moment. <laughs> but again, it's been so cool. Like, the other day, we were talking through something, and Cam had this insight that um, God doesn't just use the famous people to reach the loss, He uses common, ordinary people like us. And Nailing and I were like, dude, you got it. Like, there's nothing more to add to this conversation. <laughs> he was like preaching to us. So it's just That's been cool. cool to see those moments of when, when, you know, there's times, yeah, I don't want to do it and I'm tired and I just yeah. want to finish dinner and get on with the night and yet, um, yeah, God uses that. Totally. And I've noticed even in like the conversations I can think back to in my life with people that aren't even believers where I've kind of entered into some of those weird, awkward stuff that it can be for people that don't have the same beliefs as you do. There's like that initial ice and that initial awkwardness, but then when you really start to dig into it and you kind of get into some of that deeper stuff, like ev- people have feelings about it, yeah. you know? And, and I think we are so scared to enter into that initial kind of weirdness about it. But like you said, like even for your son, like as you, when you start to make it a little bit more normal, you're going to learn stuff from that person, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a cool example of that. Yeah, and that was came, kind of came out. Julie and I have been talking about table time, and I was just convicted that, um, um, you know, like so often I put it on other people to, to disciple my son. Right. Um, I put it on his school. You know, we send him to a Christian school, and, you know, and subconsciously or children's ministry, which does awesome stuff, and he learns stuff. And I'm like, oh, he's good with that. And yet I realize, like, it's it's on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Natalie and I. And that's just been a really cool eye-opening of, like, no, it is on us as parents. Yeah. And yet there's so many blessings that come out of it, right? It's awkward to start, and yet, man, I've been blessed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like you said before, like, creating a rhythm 
really helps. And that's where a lot of the things we do are rhythm-based because we're creatures that have been created (laughs) for rhythm, right? And so like making it a natural rhythm of your family, sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. And yet there's still blessings that come out of that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, for, for those of you who actually run, it's not me, um, but, but but those of you who run have rhythms and you do it and you do it not because you want to, but because it's the time to run. And so, yeah, if we do it for running, mm-hmm. why shouldn't we do more for <laughs> yeah. the growth of our kids and our family and, and ourselves? So. Totally, totally. Okay, we're going to jump back over to Julie. How would you how would you say your relationships with your friends are um, and how do you interact with them or do you feel like you've been getting irritable or touchy with them um just talk about like kind of your close relationships with some of those friends and what that's like right now absolutely um I'm a very emotional person so I'm I'm up and down a lot um especially when times are a little more stressful and and the season feels hard and the world kind of feels heavy um my relationships with my friends kind of follow that same path where I feel like those around me I've been I'm also pretty vulnerable so like I let people in and I, I take you on this journey with me. <laughs> like it or not, you're coming along. You are coming. And when I am like really feeling joyful and peaceful, I'm going to absolutely share that. Also, it's I have felt like as I'm doing more of these questions and these conversations and this wrestling with God and reading my Bible and trying to be more in tune with the Spirit and in step with the Spirit, I have noticed I have opportunities for more and more conversations with my close friends, with the volunteers I work with, um, to share what God's really doing in my heart. And I think that that's something, too, that this season is bringing out. I feel like the niceties and the pleasantries (laughs) of West Michigan have kind of slipped away a little bit. (laughs) And we're seeing... I know, right? Sometimes it feels yucky because I like the pleasantness. Um, But... It really feels more raw Mm -hmm. and like what, you know, Jesus wasn't just sugarcoating things all the time. Like he spoke to the heart and I feel like nowadays I'm having way more heart conversations and real conversations. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. That's cool. Um, So that's an example of kind of an in question, something that's kind of directed at your, your close relationships, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll just ask kind of the same thing to Mike. How are your closest relationships? Um, again, I think God is revealing so much. Um, and so I'll use Natalie and Cam. Like I figure those are my closest relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that often those can go on um, autopilot. Like I'm, I'm, you know, like hey, life's going. We're 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 eating dinner together. We're kind of going. Um, and of course it's going to go good. But again, you know, I have my phone. My phone is always calling or. Um, you know, I'm thinking about something for work or I'm trying to do that. And so you like those things go and, you know, we're just busy. And yet um, there's been some books that have just helped me like really think through things. Um, there's something about, uh, see, I'm going to butcher this, but something about hurry, um, getting rid of hurry or whatever. And they talked about Sabbath and I was like, oh yeah, like I kind of take a Sabbath. Like I take a day off from work. And yet in that book, it was just saying like, um, it's not just not doing work. It's also like spending intentional time. So first of all, with God. So we start at Saturday night to Sunday night now, and um, we're trying to implement it and do it, and we've done a few of them. Um, so we turn off our phones, um, um, or we tor- turn off all the apps except for a call. So if, like, parents or something, emergency mm-hmm. comes, um, we can still hear. So we do that, um, and then it's um, 
time of rest, so naps happen, which praise mm. Jesus, naps are amazing. Naps are so good. Spiritual. They're yes, very they're spiritual. So spiritual. Oh. <laughs> um, but, but but then we've started game night. Um, so we've started to play Ticket to Ride. Oh, great game. It's a great game. Um, and so we also have this jar of marbles that we play for. And I think every one of us has won it. Like first I won it, I thought I was gonna dominate. And then Do you get the jar of marbles? Yeah. Wh- you, whoever what? wins. It's like a trophy. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. so then you take it, and then of course whoever wins it will normally kiss it. Which if <laughs> if, if, if it wasn't family, it'd be awkward. But you know, whatever, it's family. <laughs> Note to self: Don't play. Yeah, don't don't the play. Marble game night of the Van Dries. Do not play game night, and you do not want to win the marbles. <laughs> yeah, you actually want to lose in that situation. Yeah. Maybe that's on purpose, so you'll lose, and I'll win and feel good about nice. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Sabbath. <laughs> no, I know. Um, Sabbath. And so that's just been a time where we can build relationships. Um, the other thing I've been convicted of was with Natalie. Like, it's so easy as a parent to get busy. And, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're spending time at night. Well, at night we're crashing and, like, mm. we're watching the, the Office, which is a great show. Yes, the and, best show. And I won, won at <laughs> Trivia against Tyler Schnudy, who watches it All right. religiously. That is a long story. That is a wildly inaccurate claim you just made. No, it was we're accurate. We're not going to get into that. It was accurate. But anyways, uh so with, <laughs> um, so just um, even with with date night, I've been challenged um, to start doing date night, and so um, putting that into practice of just how how are Natalie and I spending intentional time away from cam responsibilities, everything, to just build that relationship? Mm-hmm. Because again, it's so easy to go on autopilot, and again, I feel like we keep coming back to it, but this season has revealed so much um, as things have gotten hard, um, and so that's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God's working in there and and messing with us and challenging <laughs> us and it's great. Uh, but it's it's it's, it's good. It's good in the long run. It's kind of like lifting weights, you yep. know. Like it sucks in the moment, but you feel good after. So. I have a question follow up to something you said about um, you turn off all your apps or notifications yeah. or whatever that is for twenty twenty four hours. Yep. Is that what you said? Yep. What is that experience like? Like, is that difficult to do at first? I imagine that that's so wildly different you know, of a rhythm than we normally do where we're just connected to everything all the time, 24-7. Like, what is that 24 hours like? Painful. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Like, the amount of times in, in the way, because, I'm, like, I set my own screen time limit. It's called screen time on yeah. Apple for those who have real phones, Tyler. who don't have Android. <laughs> oh I, have a, I have a well-being thing, too. So, no, but it, it was, it's turning off. And so, like, like, it's really me entering a passcode to, like, but I find myself often just hitting apps mindlessly um, but it's just, it's been painful, but good. Like the first few times stink. It's awful. It's horrible 24 hours, which it shouldn't be, which is revealing a ton in yeah, me. Right, <laughs> right. Like it shouldn't be hard. It's a phone. Like yeah. the phone didn't exist, you know, more, thir- 13 years ago. Right. Couldn't have done it, but it's, right. it's pulling. So it's painful, but also it's, again, it's, it's allowing space and really cool stuff happening. And mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about, um, going out and, um, are hard for mission and for people. Um, so, Julie, like, would you say that you have a vision for mission? Um, and how does that maybe relate to your students and your kids here at Providence? Um, how do those work together? And, and what is your your heartbeat for for reaching others in in your role here? Yeah. Oh, I I think kind of like what we were saying before to be able to empower parents and leaders and other people to go deep in their faith, get to know Jesus, be filled with the spirit, and then 
taking that and going out into the world everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be like a one thing and then it's done. Like I served the poor today. Check. (laughs) Like it's, it's who you are and Mm. who, what is God stirring in you? Where is he giving you opportunities to go out and serve and be the light in the world? And so for, even for little kids, you know, sometimes it's hard to find like classical service projects for young children. Um, but there is definitely, uh, the thing that we're trying to do is build relationships, make it kind of change our perception of like, we have church, we have service projects, we have, you know, school and sports and all these little boxes and, and different silos that we kind of keep our life in, but making it a part of who we are, who our conversations are, how are we engaging with God throughout our day and lives and empowering parents and leaders and kids to talk about that, recognize God Mm -hmm. in their lives, and then go out. I love that. I don't know if this is something that you guys would um, experience as well, but something for me as I'm thinking about, like, just looking at that question, do I have a vision for mission? Um, It's sort of like I would always answer that yes. Like, at any point in my life, I would say, yeah, of course I do. Um, (laughs) But there are times where it's like, it's not it's not really on my heart, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a theoretical value sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's not a practical value. It's not something that I really engage with. Um, and I think that's been a journey for me of really asking God to like really soften my heart for that because you really truthfully cannot go out and make disciples if you don't have a heart for the lost, you know, like that, Mm -hmm. that there's like a posture there that, um, I think that requires like prayer. That's part of that humility process of, you know, putting others before yourselves. And so I think that's, that's, that's part of that, um, kind of that initial process of, of wanting to, especially as we're discipling kids, like we want to show that example to like our, your children. Right. Um, yeah, I just think there's, there's a part of that, that we have to really examine ourselves in that a little bit, you know, at least for me. So I I saw Julie, like you talked about, like, to me, that's way more simple than like trying to <laughs> add a service project <laughs> to my life, right? And I right. think often we do that. Like, well, now I have to add one more thing. And yet what you're talking about is so simple um, that, that as we do, it's not easy to do, make right. our hearts and our lives mission, and yet it's simple. It makes it so that, you know, if, if I'm in a sporting event, I'm I'm there on mission, on service, right. mm-hmm. versus, okay, you know, I have to go rake 10, 10 lawns of leaves, <laughs> and that's right. service, and I've done it, and check it off. And yet it's way more simple that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So, Mike, um, how how are you in your life coming alongside and building relationships with um, what we might call pre-Christians or people that don't know the Lord yet? Yeah, yeah. and I love the word pre-Christian because it's hopeful. It's hopeful that, and, and it's, again, that we're not against. Um, so, yeah. again, I feel like we keep going back to it, but COVID has been this moment of um, revealing my lack of actually wanting to put it into practice. Because mm-hmm. I'd always tell you, like, I want the, the law saved and, um, you know, um, the blind to see and all that amazing stuff. And yet, if you looked at my life, there wasn't a lot of that. Um, I would chalk it up to, hey, with students I'm working in, there's some non-Christians who come, and that's that's the mission. Um, but it actually was started um, by my neighbors who are not Christians um, during COVID wanting to start bonfires. <laughs> and they were the ones that wanted to start it. And so they're like, hey, you guys want to come out? And I actually didn't come to the first one because I was good just sitting there and watching the office, of course, or something else. Um, 
so I was watching it and doing that, and I was like, no, like I, I should get to know my neighbors better. And mm-hmm. so just um, going out and having a bonfire with them and some drinks and just hanging out and talking life and sharing concerns. I mean, especially when, when COVID began and the quarantine began, there were concerns and jobs and all sorts of things. And so it was just mm-hmm. a moment to start sharing. Um, yeah, so it's just been so good hanging out with them and getting to know um, my neighbors and have them teach me things. Um, often, like, often I will see the heart of Christ in my non or, or my pre-Christian neighbors. Like, I'll see, mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, like, that's that's what Jesus teaches, and I yeah. can learn from you in that. And I think that's a good um, example, kind of, in, in, a, in a way, I feel like that sort of way of hanging out with people and, you know, just sharing life together, that is very similar to, I think, Jesus's form of evangelism in yeah. the Bible, mm-hmm. where he, he just, like, met with people and spoke with people. Um, he, he often did convict, and he often did point out. Um, but it started with, like, this relationship. It, what, he didn't come into these places or into these situations with people with kind of, like, a me versus you. I have this thing to, like, to show you why you're wrong sort of yep. thing. It was just sort of, like, just fellowship with people. And I think that's a great example of that. And I think it, that is another thing that is, that's not too hard to do. No. It's just hanging out with people. Hanging you know? out, having a drink or two and a bonfire. Like, it's really <laughs> simple. Yeah, it is. It's a simple and it's a great thing to do. And But and when it, you have that missional mindset, all of a sudden that yeah. becomes an amazing opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Well, then the other thing I think, like, we think as Christians, like, we have to win them over with a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and first There's of all, so much pressure on it the moment. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. it makes it this really awkward spiritual question, but like, um, one of the things God has been teaching me is trying to invite people into God's story. Like we have God who is who is for us and and wants the best for us and wants us to live the fullness of life. Um, and so it can just be this these little invites into the greater story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when the neighbors were just working a ton of hours, and I was just able to, it was just like such a God moment. I was like, you know, we weren't made to to work all the time. We were meant to rest, right? and that's not like a salvation conversation but it's inviting into this great story mm-hmm. of, of Jesus and again it's not about winning over it's sharing things I love like you know like if I love steak I will I will end up telling you guys all about steak <laughs> and I'll tell you how it should be cooked and all of that and I will try to win you over or or a football team but again we can do that with Jesus and he's been really convicting me like it's just little things of of just it should come out of me mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it's me not filtering myself like I think sometimes with non-Christians I can filter my Jesus and like Kind of keep that from it because I don't want them to think I'm a weird Jesus freak. Um, but you are. I am. And that's going back to the 1990s. Um, <laughs> DC Talk. DC, DC Talk. Oh, first album I ever got. Oh, uh, it was first a great album. concert I ever went to. Oh, you saw that? Oh, oh yeah. yes. So did I. No way. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, At the palace. <laughs> wow. I'm jealous. So, um, but again, it's, it's just, it should come naturally. And I found I found myself filtering that out. But But when I just let it flow, like it's it's something I love and yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's someone I love and of course I would talk about it and so um, it's just been really cool to see God change my heart in that and mm-hmm. and use some pre Christians to actually change my heart it's amazing God God uses things that we never think yeah for sure um, so do you guys have any questions you'd like to ask me we kind of prepared for me to ask you guys some of these questions, but I was like, okay, maybe I should uh, <laughs> get in on it too, but I know you guys didn't prepare anything, but you can m- maybe pick one of these and whatever uh, feels like something interesting you'd want to know about my, my walk with God. How are you making space for God in your life? Yeah, sure. 
That's um, the up question. That's the up <laughs> question, yep. So typically, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just be super honest and vulnerable. That has been really hard lately um, for me to do it. And I think growing up, I've always said that I'm not a morning person. And so for a period of my life, I would really try to have that time for, for prayer and, and being in the Word at night and in the evenings. And I've kind of realized that is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> and so it really has to be in the morning for me is what I've figured out. And um, that really requires more intentionality for me because I hate being up in the morning. <laughs> I just yep. do. Yep. And um, so I think kind of the challenge for me is it, it, it it's sort of like, I have to prioritize my time and I have to like, I have to be intentional about other things in my life to create that space. So it's not like, it's not like I can just decide, Hey, I'm going to spend time with God today. It means, Oh, I have to decide I'm going to go to bed early, which means that I have to do this before that. It's like, you have to really be intentional about yeah. that decision for, for you to be able to make that space. And there, there have been days recently where I just have not done that. Um, so I think that's been a good challenge and convicting thing for me is that, that starts to shape my whole life and that starts to prioritize how I do everything because if it becomes sort of the last thing, like, okay, yeah. if I have time for it in the morning, uh -huh. we'll make it happen. I have to change everything about how I live really to make it happen. Yeah. That's kind of changing you from a fan to like a a disciple, really, mm -hmm. right? Of like, hey, I can add this in versus yeah, I want that to be the first building block. Yes, yes. And like you said, we, we spent some time in prayer this morning with, with the prayer team, which is always just the most oh, filling it's awesome. thing yeah. um, just to be prayed over and to be praying for the church. And um, I just, like you said, there's something so different about going into the world when you're rooted in that mm -hmm. as opposed to not. And you just, you know, you feel it in your gut. Like, you know, like this is the way we were created is to be in communion with our father. Yeah. And you totally, every single day that I, that I fall short of that, there's a huge difference. Yeah. You know, what, what, are, what are some of like your morning practices then with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Like what are some things that work yeah. for, for you? Yeah. It kind of depends on the season. Um, I kind of, I've kind of, kind of gone through different things. Um, I, I would not say I've had a very consistent, um, discipline throughout my life, what it looks like. Um, so I'm in a, a group right now with, um, a few guys and Keith Dornboss that we've been basically just reading through the whole of scripture. Um, and, so we kind of have a, a reading plan that we try to read through. And I always try to spend time because it's very easy just to read the Bible for me, especially in the old Testament, because mm -hmm. it reads more as a story to just kind of like kind of get the main plot of what's happening and try to understand the historical context, but um, just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. And so I, I always have to be very intentional about spending time in prayer before and after I read. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me in that time is surrendering myself. Like mm -hmm. I think when you start your day with that posture of saying, you know, God will your will be done today through mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. um, that kind of orients my life in a way that I think I have to do that every day. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I can't do that once for the week. Like, hey, yeah. hey, God, like um, I'm gonna be about you this week because like the next day I wake up, I I got to do it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely a th something that's kind of baked into that time that I I've really feel like I need mm -hmm. to do. And and part of that is confession. Um, part mm -hmm. of that is. Um, being able to say, hey, this is where I've fallen short, and will you forgive me? Mm. Um, I think that's something that is sometimes lacking in my life when I feel myself really strained from God is because I'm not asking for forgiveness. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's definitely something I've been learning too recently, uh, praying with the prayer team specifically, yeah. like mm-hmm. making sure you spend time praising God, but also in confession. Yeah. It's like, oh, I do have <laughs> probably some things I should confess yeah. as I come to yeah. you, Lord. Like yeah. there are things that I, you know, it, you have to confess. And I don't think n- a lot of us are in the practice of confessing yeah. to yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to use that example. It's so cool you use. Like, they've been teaching me with that, with confession. And it's not... I've just been so surprised. Like, you don't feel bad when you come and confess. I feel like so often, right. like, I think, like, God's, like, waiting, and they're going to, like, smite me, smote <laughs> me. I'm not sure. <laughs> One of those two. I'm not sure what the word is. I'm going blank. But anyways... Uh, I believe it's smite. Yeah, but smote's <laughs> better. <laughs> smoted me. He's going to smote me. I don't think that's right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I think that, but it's just this place, you know, and they use scripture, you know, he's faithful and just to purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. I think it's first John one nine. And it's just been so cool to learn from people who are farther along in the journey. Mm-hmm. It's such a part. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's just the closeness that happens after that of mm-hmm. there is a the barrier of sin. And yet as we confess, Jesus gets rid of it. And it's just been so cool to see. So it's awesome it's to hear like that God's sur- doing that in your life. Right. I was going to say, it's not like a surprise to him. Ooh, I didn't know that, Julie. <laughs> it's <Whoa>. for us. <laughs> Are you serious? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's cleansing us, yeah. and it allows him to do that. For sure, for sure. That's such a huge part of, I think, any of our relationship with God um, is making that a part of, um, yeah, how we talk to him. Because um, like we said, like, I keep thinking back to, to Dean's message a few weeks ago that Dean knows every little tiny thing that's going on down mm-hmm. in our hearts, like things that we don't even see. He is fully 100% aware yep. of it. Um, yeah. And so that's the beautiful thing about a relationship with him. Yeah, and we shouldn't be surprised. Like I think as a parent, like Cam comes to me and tells me things he's done. I'm not like, oh, my goodness, kid. It's like, no, thank you for being honest and mm-hmm. there and fixing this relationship yeah. with us. Yeah. And so, you know, our, our Heavenly Father is so much more gracious than me. That's so right. cool to see. Right. Um, so I wondered, you know, your practices because I always imagine you like singing really awesome, just just <laughs> just, just by yourself and having these awesome worship moments, right? And yet, right, and, and that would just sometimes maybe superficial where like that confession is that's huge. Oh yeah, oh that's cool. I do like music too. <laughs> M- music. I would love to do an episode of this podcast where I just talk about music and the beauty of that part of creation because I'm just super 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 passionate about it. You totally um, should. Yeah, be interesting, but that'd be a great one. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and, um, it's nothing unique to any individual person. I think, um, God has wired us in a way where he just wants to commune with us. And, you know, um, part of, part of that process is doing it with other people. That's kind of the whole part of this journey that we're really trying to live into is that this is not something that's meant to be just for ourselves. Um, and it can be dangerous when it becomes just ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because we have so many of our own experiences and so many of our own interpretations that start to influence how we look at the world. Um, and I think it's important just to keep each other accountable in some of those things and to do it with your families, to be doing it in your small groups and to have people that you're discipling in this way. Like these questions, I don't know, maybe it's easier for us just because we know each other pretty well. But I mean, it is not like, I didn't even think that we were having a spiritual conversation, yeah. really. I mean, obviously we were talking yeah. about God, but um, I mean, these are the kinds of ways that we just start to make that normal is, hey, like talking to Cam, um, yeah, how did you experience Jesus today? Yep. Yep. You know, it's, it's that simple. And yeah, that's kind of a weird question because we, we don't ask that question yeah. to each other often. But yep. um, 
but that's what, what kind of part of the, our desire as we as we look at our, our mission in making more disciples um, is being able to do this with one another and then ultimately being able to do that to the world too. Yeah. Right? It was really cool with the small group leaders. Like I was like, who thinks spiritual conversation awkward? Everyone raises their hand. I'm like, <laughs> well, we're going to do them. And so at first it was a little awkward, but then you know we're out on, on my deck spread out and just they're having these conversations two by two. Like, you know, at first it's the awkward, let's try it. I mean, we had that as staff. We tried that and it was like, oh, this is a little awkward. But then it just became conversation. Yeah. You know, it took like two minutes. Yeah, it, takes like, it takes like a second just to break through that yeah. initial, but then you kind of get into the stuff yeah. that you're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're people who, who met for the first time and they're having these really awesome conversations. And it's just, so that's just the, you know, thing of, yeah, it's awkward, but then it just flows and it's so awesome. And that's yep. what, this framework, right, is, again, it's not the only one, but it's an amazing framework that mm-hmm. I found helpful. Totally. So we're excited to just continue to make this more reality in our personal lives. And I think in the the heart of our church at Providence, that this would be uh, something that we just make a, a part of our culture. Um, yeah. For whatever reason there, Toby was talking about those circles and we were, we're really good at the, the big circle, yeah. the big <laughs> crowd. We're good at the Sunday morning crowd. And, and maybe we're even good at that smaller 72. Yeah. Um, but some, some of the ways that we feel like we've, we've missed in the last, um, I don't know, years of, of the life of Providence is those smaller groups of discipling people one-on-one or discipling people in a, in a group of three, yeah. um, in a group of 12. Yeah. When I think of what's so cool, and, and maybe I'm leading to, to kind of the last thing, is like my heart's desire is that as leaders get used to it, they're going to have these conversations with students, whether it's, you know, and they're, they're 10 or whether it's smaller uh, but just to make this natural language, and as families are doing it, that's why we're encouraging on these table time. Like, we just want this to be a just normal conversation that we just have. And so, you know, that's kind of the vision for students is that these would just become natural conversations. We're going to talk up, in, and out. Like, you mm-hmm. know that is coming. Often we've done happies and crappies, and that's good. <laughs> you know, talking about highs and lows, and that's good. But but there's a deeper, deeper depth that um, yeah. that we're calling to, and I it's just. So again, as leaders get more used to it, they're going to do that. But again, um, families, as they do that, it's just going to become natural for them. And I'm excited even for Cam to have those conversations with other men who are not me mm-hmm. um, and other you know, kids his age, having these awesome conversations that he gets to learn up in and out with mm-hmm. them. And um, his mindset has changed so that he just naturally exudes that wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you pray for us uh, to close? Um, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Um, hey, Jesus, you are awesome and amazing. Um, and Lord, we thank you for the way that you are working in the midst of COVID, in the midst of tough times, difficult times, contentious times. Um, Lord, you are taking the the uh, the uh, chaff away and you are revealing the gold. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, and as difficult as it is to pray, we pray that we do that you do that for each one of us, um, every member of our church, that you do that for us as a church as a whole, that you keep taking away the extra. And it's really a lot of times good stuff, but but leave us with that pure gold. That is our heart's desires, that you leave us with the good, with the gold, um, Lord, and that, that we make more and better disciples of you, that, that we actually become that, that it just becomes exudes from us. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, and I pray for those who are listening that, um, you know, as they're hearing this, like, I don't know if it's for me, um, Holy Spirit, will you just give them courage to start having these conversations um, with their family, with their spouse, um, with their small group? Um, just have these awesome conversations where you work in them. Um, 
yeah, God, you are amazing and wonderful. And we're excited to see what you're going to do and um, and the and the miracles that you're going to do. Um, you you are you are more than able. I'm just reminded from the, the, the prayer time this morning. You are more than able to do more than we are, ever could ever ask or imagine. And Lord, so we ask that um, through these simple conversations, you do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Um, Lord, we pray this all for your glory. You are the one who's worthy of it all. Um, you are worthy um, of it more than anything or anyone in the world. So we pray that. Um, through these, you are glorified and honored in your name is praise. Praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tyler. Absolutely.